everybody. Welcome to Sophia with an F. I am joined by one of my good friends now, Paige Lorenz. Is that how you say your last name? Yes, you got it right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I just have to start off, Paige, by saying you are stunning. Stunning. Sophia! Are you a model? Be honest. Oh, I have a lot to say about that. <laughs> I'm not, but I actually used to be like a lifestyle model, which is basically like you're you're pretty enough to like be in gap shit, but like you're not that pretty. <laughs> like you're cute. You're cute. <laughs> like you're not doing high-end fashion. You might be in like Target. Well, I mean, I feel like that's even better, honestly. Guys, Paige, she is drop-dead gorgeous. Um, I want to ask you about your diet and exercise routine, but I feel like that's not what we're here to talk about. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Paige has been in a ton of headlines recently for previously dating Army Hammer. And we will get into that in a little bit, but for right now, I want to talk about you. So, Paige, you, I'm going to laugh. You're a content creator. Yes, Queen. I look literally made her say that. So, like, not a YouTuber, like a tuber. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, do you want me to introduce you as an influencer? And she was like, absolutely fucking not. <laughs> Please, YouTuber, bad. Influencer, bad. Right. Podcasting. Content creator sounds like sophisticated. No, it does. Dude, podcasting, when I tell people like I'm a podcaster, I kind of want to die. Like, there's no good name for it. YouTuber might be worse. Like, <laughs> I hated YouTubers before I started YouTube. Like, I was like, these people are so cringy. Like, right. No, nope. And now I'm one of them. So, like, I try to get people to meet me before I tell them I'm on YouTube. So they right. like me. And then I'm like, oh, by the way, like, vlog. <laughs> by the way, you're, like, doing... They, like, have, like, crazy mannerisms the whole time. It's a totally different, like, art form, for sure. I don't, like think of myself as a normal YouTuber. I try to not. You're not. I'm just like a normal girl, like also mm -hmm. YouTubes. I've seen your YouTubes before and you're not like, whoa, and there's not like a bunch of quick cuts and stuff. I love your YouTube videos, by the way. But what I love more is her Instagram is so fucking amazing and aesthetically just badass, beautiful, artistic. And I remember I literally took a screenshot of your Instagram profile and sent it to my team. And I was like, make my Instagram look like this or like you're done. Sophia, if you move back to New York, like I will help you. Oh, I'm moving back to New York. And I was about to ask you like, <laughs> how much would I have to pay you to like run my Instagram? But like, we'll probably be on what's that Instagram account that's like um, influencers in the wild, like us with like tripods <gasps> and Soho. Like Literally out on the street out on the street we hurry and take the big jacket off because it's winter we're like wearing nothing and then put it back on <laughs> um okay so you guys should follow her it's at Paige lorenz right yes at Paige lorenz can you feel it sleuths the days are getting warmer and spring has officially sprung which means spring break is here which for the older folk, that basically means people are going outside, they're staying outside, and they are staying out way longer. But the thing is, who wants to deal with those post-party struggles? I know I don't. I mean, I quite literally and physically can't at this stage in my life. 
And that's where my spring break essential comes in, which is Taste Salute. Say goodbye to the Sunday scaries with Taste Salute's hydrating drink mixes. Listen, I started my spring break a little bit early last weekend when my best friend Allie came to town and we had a night or two on the town and how I felt honestly come Monday morning was better than any spring break party you can imagine. And that is a rare occurrence for me and has only started happening since I've started drinking Taste Salute religiously. Because unlike those big name brands we all know, Salud knocks it out of the park with their one-of-a-kind flavors. I'm drinking one right now. And no, it's not because I plan on drinking any kind of alcohol, but just because I'm trying to get hydrated and energized. I'm obviously drinking the horchata flavor, but you get to enjoy flavors like cucumber lime, hibiscus, and they even have mocktails now. Say hello to Paloma and strawberry margarita. Filled with electrolytes and vitamins that support hydration and boost immunity with less sugar. I'm talking only one gram of sugar per stick. This is exactly what you need to get your Sunday fun day going, regardless of what the rest of the day entails. And here's the best part. They're sharing the love with all of my listeners. Enjoy 10% off your first purchase with the code SOFIA10 at checkout. That's S-O-F-I-A and the number 10 at TaySalude.com. Cheers to health this spring break season with TaySalude. You're not new to being in the headlines. You dated a professional athlete. Yeah. I do like athletes. Like there is something about them mm-hmm. that is intriguing. Like I always say it's like a caveman kind of thing. Like, Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Like I love like a whole man. Like I want like right. a man. Right. Like they're like this stereotype of like what a manly man is for sure. I get that. You were a professional athlete too, right? Yeah. So I used to downhill ski race, which is like the most random fucking thing. <laughs> Um, I think it's so dope. Yeah, it's, it's fun. You're from Utah, so you're like, ski bunny. Yeah, I know. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, but like, I definitely, as an athlete, like, I am into athletes. Yeah, which totally makes sense. Yeah, and like, I just feel like I know what it takes. Like, I think it's hot when someone's like, tries really hard and was passionate about anything. Like, mm-hmm. I think that's more what I'm into. Not, like, athletes, like, a little bit, but I think it's just like being really passionate about something and working yeah. really hard at something, I think is the hottest thing. Right. If you guys like super into something. And I feel like men feel the same way about women. They want to date a girl that's like that as well, you know? Totally. I totally agree. I just think it's like hot. It is hot. It, 100%. So you dated this athlete and then you guys broke up. Yeah. Right? So you had like three public breakups. It's tough because I'm like a 22 year old who's like, I don't know, like I'm a little bit of like a firecracker in that way. Like I'm a, like, I'm definitely like, I'm impulsive. Like I post and then like, I'll, I'll be very opinionated and all of right. it was online. So it was like, I mean, that's public breakups. 
I did not know that you were only 22. I'm shocked right now. Shocked. There was the first thing that came out about my ex and I was like, this chick looks like she's 44. And I was like, mm. <laughs> <laughs> like time to dye my hair brunette. <laughs> right dude that is fucking hilarious okay so you guys you had um three breakups that were like in the press type thing just like and then as fuck like right and then you decided because you were living with him yes and then you decided to within like five days up and move yeah so literally he did something that wasn't cute and then i packed like basically Packed up my shit and in five days moved to LA. Holy shit. And had you ever lived in LA? No. So I'd only been to LA twice. So once. The second time was me moving there. Um, I tend to be like very impulsive about things. When I have an idea, it needs to get done right away. The issue is, is that my parents know that about me. So they might give me advice, but they know at the end of the day that I'm going to do what I want. Oh, I like really admire that because I'm the opposite. Really? I have to ask 10 people for their advice. I have to weigh out the pros and cons of every scenario. Make the list, make the pros and cons list. It's like a 24 hour rule. Like give yourself yeah. a 24 hour rule. It's like shopping online. It's like leave it in your cart and then come yes. back to it. <laughs> Wait, that's so good. I But I mean, I overdo it where like, I get paralyzed and like, I just won't even end up making a decision. So it's like, we need to hang out so we can balance. Yeah. Yes, that's exactly what we need to do. So you moved to LA and you hated it. I despise hated. LA. I mean, mm-hmm. for a lot of reasons, what we can talk about, but like, not it. I mean, this is my thing. Also, where you want a vacation is not necessarily where you want to live. I don't believe stereotypes, people, places. I will go to a place, I'll meet a person, give them the benefit of the doubt, and then make the call. Right, right. But like LA fits the stereotype exactly. It's not LA versus New York, but there's something about LA, and I think the stereotype is that people are literally there for one thing and one thing only, and it's like to get famous and that they tend to be fake, which is so corny. And of course, there's people that don't fall into that, but there's a lot of fucking people who do oh, yeah. in LA. People who don't hang out with you unless you can offer them something. Like, yes. Just like weird, weird shit. That's a great way to put it. It's yes. like superficial shit. I also shit. Like, moved there because I was like, oh, I'll be able to create more content. I'll be able to take more photos. And I ended up being like so much less motivated and didn't want to do anything because everyone's just chilling all the time. Like in New York, if you don't get up, you'll hear people walking on the street at least being like, okay, yes. these people are going to their like desk job at like six in the morning, get up and go get a coffee. It's like, like move your ass. Yeah. That's kind of part of being a creative. I feel like you probably have this too, like living in a city, you make your own schedule. So I think that in New York, it's much easier to be structured and have that schedule and feel motivated and have people around you pushing you because if you're hanging out with a lot of successful people and other aspects of workspaces like Mm -hmm. business like whatever art or whatever it just pushes you to want to be like the best version of yourself i feel that there's an energy in new york where you just feel compelled to like get your shit done to keep working to like you know want to achieve something bigger and i could see in la how there's not that same kind of mentality it's not at all I mean, I've had a lot of people also be like, you need to go to LA. That's where like the content is and like the people and the connections. And I'm like, I just don't want to. I'd rather be happy in New York, you know? Totally. But also if you, if you kill it in New York, that's like way sicker, I think. 
I mean, we could go into that, but we might piss people off. But I totally agree. So you moved to LA and how long were you there before you decided to move back to New York? Like five months. Quick stop. Quick pit stop. Yeah. A quick connecting flight. Yeah. <laughs> um, I usually like to get, because I moved to New York from Utah. So like you can imagine like the culture shock, although I didn't even have it that bad. But I always like to tell people if you're moving to a new city to give it at least a year to two years before you make a decision. However, I feel like your circumstances were very different. A little different. (laughs) So you were dating ARMY, right? I'm sorry for everyone who doesn't know who Army Hammer is. He is a heartthrob movie star. He was in the social network. Uh, he was in the movie Call Me By Your Name. He was recently pulled out of the series that J-Lo was supposed to do. So he he's like, he's an A-list celeb. He's big time. Yeah. So I was dating Army basically immediately when I showed up. Oh. We were chatting like after my ex and I broke up, we started chatting like right away. So he had followed me January 2019 and okay. he's still been like, he wasn't publicly divorced yet. So I wasn't going to message him. I felt like it was a little bit weird. Like I'm not the type of girl ever to message a guy who's has a girlfriend or married. Like that's just right. not, not, I don't think that's cool. Like I think mm-hmm. that's whack as fuck. So yeah, I, I like was like, Oh, he's obviously hot, but like, I'm not going to do anything about this. But it was always kind of in the back of my mind a little bit. Of course. Yeah. When I was moving to LA, we like reconnected um, and like right away started hanging out. Like the second day I had showed up to LA, I like, he was at my Airbnb, like literally we spent every single, yeah, we'd like spent every single day together almost until I left. So you guys started hanging out right off the bat and I'm, I am going to go ahead and assume since you just got out of a breakup, you were probably in like a somewhat vulnerable position or spot. I was like excited but terrified to be in LA. I did not know anyone. Mm. Um, such a vulnerable position and just looking for something to like take over my world and like distract me. Um, right. Which is like exactly what he kind of did, but like, and we can get into this, but like in a way yeah. that was actually like really fucked up and yeah, almost like he knew that and like used it. Oh, yeah. That's really important to point out. I'm not going to put yeah. words in your mouth, but it's it's almost like he he saw that and I'm sure you expressed it to him and he kind of capitalized on it. Totally. Let's get into that a little bit. So, how did your relationship with Army become a public thing? So, we were seeing each other and like I, after dating a hockey player, I know that if you follow someone, if they follow you back, if you're engaging with them on social media, the fans will pick up immediately. Mm-hmm. Um so we were hanging out and we weren't following each other or whatever. And then we started to get serious and then we started following each other just like actually based on the fact that like we were wanting to see each other's shit instead of being like whatever. It got to a point right. where we didn't really care. We're like we're just going to follow each other and we're not going to post anything of each other. That mm-hmm. was pretty clear like he's has two children and like an ex-wife who I respect. And like, I didn't mm-hmm. want to be like the fucking 22 year old girlfriend being like, right. Exploiting him online. Like, that's just not what right. I wanted at all. People had like seen us together, like in the desert, like in Joshua tree. Yeah. We were, we were, yeah, we were in like basically Joshua tree. Like he's like yeah. a tall ass dude. Like he's pretty distinctive looking. So mm-hmm. he, people had seen us together and then there had been like some spottings. And then I posted a photo of this really cool, um, like design, like it was this really well designed building in the desert by this like design firm. 
And then people just put the pieces together. Right. Well, and I mean, like, I've, you know, dealt with this same thing, too. And it's like, you could have posted a picture of a toilet seat and they would put the pieces together and be like, they're at this hotel. They got here this date. Like, it's wild. It's actually impressive. Like, TMZ needs to hire these people. Like, the FBI. No, the the FBI FBI needs to hire them. The FBI needs to hire these people. (laughs) 100%. Dude, they're like screenshotting, zooming in, like all types of shit. So, okay, so people caught on that you guys were together and it almost seems like, I don't know if he really wanted shit to be public, but he either kind of wanted it to be public and kind of wanted attention or he's really sloppy. (laughs) Okay, let me interrupt you. One, he's sloppy as fuck. Okay. And then he also does kind of like enjoy the attention a little bit. I mean, this man follows like bonded shibari hashtags. Oh, he does. Yeah. Also follows like super serious, like bondage, like whatever accounts, which is fine. Like that was right. Like, well, I did my research before. Like I thought that it was just like, you know, he had like some kinks. Some kinks, right. Yeah. Like nothing dangerous, nothing crazy. But I. Right. I think this whole situation is a really good illustration for how the BDSM and like non-formative like sexual practice community or just like that space can be a mask for like how how like men can seriously hurt women. Yes. Sexual pleasure and like inflict fantasies. Yeah. So that okay, that is such an interesting point. I let's just go ahead and dive into the sex if we can. Um, before we do, I think I just need to give some people a trigger warning that are listening. This is going to be sensitive subject material. Um, we're going to get explicit about BDSM, rape fantasy, cannibalism, and all of the above. So if you are sensitive to that, I would turn this off right now. Um, but Paige, I, let's go into it. I think that's so interesting. Yeah. Um, I think it is really important to talk about especially mm-hmm. young girls like i know you have a big like young girl following i think this is I like do. a really important thing it is sex education and like education on yeah. all of this is super important i went to a private catholic school we didn't we were not taught anything about sex not even safe sex i mean i went to like a fucking weird ass boarding school in the middle of vermont where we were all like naked the whole time and like we <laughs> this this never came up right so let's back up two seconds you and army start dating and would he tell you things like you're my girlfriend we're exclusive would he get jealous of you like what was like what were you so this was a really interesting part of our relationship so it started like obviously we i just got out of relationship he's going through a divorce still it was like no like we're very open and everything and he was the one who kind of first introduced me to like an open relationship and like it's Mm. called being like polyamorous yes you have like your primary and then you have like other people that you can sleep with and i was always cool with that i was like down whatever but we both Mm -hmm. made a choice he was like i'm not seeing anyone else he who would hope that i'm not seeing okay he's not seeing anyone else but he was like but it's a choice so this is the thing about like an open relationship that I actually like kind of think is cool is like you're uh-huh. choosing to be with that person. It's not an obligation. Oh, I do like that. Yeah. So it's never like, oh, you're obligated. Um, so it was a choice. And we both made a mm-hmm. choice that we weren't going to be sleeping with other people, which I don't even know if this, that's true now. Yeah. Like, I went to Thanksgiving with his family. Like, see, I didn't know that. We were fully dating. Right. Have you ever noticed how celebrities have brighter, wider looking eyes? 
their makeup artists have a little secret in their kit. Lumify Redness Reliever Eye Drops. Lumify dramatically reduces redness in just one minute. It literally happens right before your eyes to help them look brighter, whiter, and more awake for up to eight hours. No wonder it's so loved by influencers, celebrities, and makeup artists and has over 6,000 five-star reviews on Amazon. Lumify is also the number one eye doctor recommended redness reliever eye drop and it's FDA approved. No bleach, no dyes. Plus, it's made by the eye care experts at Bausch & Lomb. So whether you're on set, on a date, or running on just a few hours of sleep, you can have eyes that look brighter and whiter with Lumify eye drops. When you try it, you'll see that it's what your eyes have been looking for. Check out LumifyEyes.com to learn more. Look, you've had a long day, your boss is annoying you, your boyfriend is accusing you of something you didn't even do, and your sibling is asking you for money. That's like an everyday thing for me. While I don't have all the answers, I do know that we have the power to change any situation we're in, in a flash, in a snap. We can turn it into a celebration and a little glass of wine is just the thing to turn your day around sometimes. But of course, you just realized you ran out of everything. Luckily for you, our friends over at DoorDash have you covered. If you're in the mood to treat yourself or just want to make sure you are always hostess with the mostess ready, DoorDash is your go-to without you having to move from your couch. And it's convenient. Do you know how heavy a handle of tequila is? How about five of them? Exactly. Plus the alcohol selection at DoorDash is top-notch you will find what you're looking for. Beer, wine, mixers, and even mocktails for the non-alcoholic girlies can be delivered straight to your door. So get your drinks in hand without lifting a finger with DoorDash. And use code SOFIA24 to get 25% off up to a $15 value when you spend $35 or more on drinks through DoorDash. For eligible users only, terms apply, must be 21 plus to order alcohol, drink responsibly, delivery and promotions available only in select markets. I think we should start by saying you and I are both extremely sex positive and all of these conversations we're going to have, we are not kink shaming at all. I personally love, you know, role play and, you know, kinky things here and there. So that's not what we're doing. But like you said, it's it's really important that we talk about this particular relationship that you had. Right. Because I think the fine line is like the very interesting, dangerous part about this. Exactly. I was so down for like I was down to like the adventure. I was down to try anything because I'm always like, I'll try anything twice. Because yep. it's important to try everything to see what you like when you're in a safe space. Yes. Because you'll never figure out fully what satisfies you fully, what you like. 
but yeah definitely want to make sure like people know that i'm not kink shaming and that no these things were consensual but i think that consent is really complicated so i think Mm -hmm. that's an important thing to touch on yeah and we will definitely be touching on that thank you for saying that so let's i guess let's dive into the sex and was it can you explain like your first sexual experience was it kinky right off the bat yeah yeah so we were at my airbnb he had two friends over my friend was in from out of town and then one other girl that i knew in la we were just hanging out like i thought he was super funny super charming we were drinking um and he started like grabbing my feet and that's like i'm not like a feet person like (laughs) that's not like a thing for me right it was kind of hot i was like Mm -hmm. okay like he was touching my feet like really sexually and i was like okay interesting like i kind of knew we were gonna hook up but like right first thing and Mm -hmm. then he basically like after a few hours pulled me into the back room and like pushed me on the bed and was like before we had sex before we had made out said you can either call me sir or daddy (gasps) <gasps> right away yeah and i actually asked him like after i was like how did you know that i was going to be cool with that or like down he was like i could just sniff it out and i was like oh <laughs> you're like is it that obvious like tell me <laughs> like what is it <laughs> no okay that's such an interesting point because i've hooked up with dudes that right away they're like call me this like call me your dad whatever and I, I do it. I appreciate the confidence, but I, I appreciate the assertiveness. And that's why people are like, oh, why didn't you dump him earlier? Like, whatever, you saw these red flags. And it's like, there was like, I mean, he's obviously really charming and made me feel like I was on top of the world, which is like part of the manipulation. Paige and I, we were talking like the other day and you said something that really stood out to me and you said... I have never been complimented in the way that Army Hammer like would compliment me. And it was almost creepy where I couldn't tell if he was acting or not. Yeah. So when we were all hanging out, even before we had slept together, the way that he spoke and acted was like it was a movie, like very regal, Mm. like very like always just like he knew what to say. Like it was planned. Right. And the things he would say to me were like, you are art, like you are like, you could do whatever you want in the world. I've never seen a woman's body built like this. Like just things that made me feel after coming out of a relationship where I was extremely insecure, like literally thought I was like the biggest ugly piece of shit. Yeah. He literally made me feel like, and it wasn't just like, oh, you're hot, baby. Like, no, it was like the way that he worded these things to me made me feel like I was on top of the fucking world. So like he built me up so high. Right. That was like, part of why like I allowed him and I wanted to please him like to the max like I was saying yesterday like I literally would have allowed him to like shave my head in that <laughs> moment I'm not kidding like I'm like, no I'm still- laughing because I get it no I know oh, it's but- funny but no totally but it's like terrifying because that's when consent gets complicated because I was yeah so entranced by him I was so into him and I wanted to feel wanted I wanted to feel mm-hmm. like this girl that he had like put me up to be I wanted to be like the cool girl yeah i wanted to please him and then i ended up doing things that now like you know like these things negate to like physical mental trauma Mm -hmm. i mean i just didn't even think i I don't know like i just said yes to everything because i wanted to please him yeah inflicting these like scary like criminal fantasies on me right because it obviously like this we can talk about this but it went way beyond like normal bdsm case stuff yeah which is why i said this behavior this BDSM shit is like a smokescreen for him, like wanting to abuse women. So 
it started with him being kinky and being like, call me sir or daddy. And then did it escalate? Like, did okay, did you guys ever have like vanilla, for lack of a better term, sex? No. No. No, we never really had vanilla sex. It was always like role playing or something kinky like there always had to be like a factor to like the sex which also made me feel like he like needed that to turn him on um right which is which is okay but it definitely does like raise some red flags a little bit was it to the point like he couldn't even get hard he always got hard but it was like oh well there was sometimes if we had had sex like a few times that day like he definitely Mm -hmm. needed like intense role play to like get got Got it yeah like it was always something definitely always something so how he introduced me to it was like, because I come, I'm from Connecticut. Like, I, my both my parents are doctors. Like, very New England, like just New England, Connecticut family. Like, very traditional. Okay. He knew that about me right away, and so mm-hmm. he always was like trying to ease me into things. Like, he was like, "I think you have this in you. Like, I'm gonna pull it out of you. Like, stuff like that." And then he manipulative as fuck. Yeah, yeah. Like, right. maybe feel like this was meant for me. Maybe feel like this would heal me and all like my trauma and like all this stuff and he made me watch this movie called the secretary which is like an old film on a bdsm relationship and basically how like she had like all these self-harm issues and she was working for this guy and he was the secretary and then he started spanking her and like inflicting pain on her and it like healed her whole life and they got married and like how it can you know heal women and how it can make them feel more powerful which i think in some situations it totally can do yeah it was like grooming me for what he was gonna do yeah like after that night, he started like introducing me to what is called high protocol. I show up at a certain time. If I'm late, like I don't get let in. I have to show up on like my hands and knees, lingerie, like tons of rules. I mean, also he did send me safe words, which like I do say to people, like when I'm telling this story, like he did mm-hmm. send me safe words. He did like try to like do it right in some ways, I felt like. Right. Or he like pretended, right? He pretended to try. Yeah. So high protocol, did he come up with that name or is that like a thing so it's like a bdsm date right inflicting pain on the woman okay safety pens all over me like completely tied up all, like knife play like all of that shit okay can uh, we are you comfortable if we dive into it yeah no for so, sure because i think it'll like do what the message i'm trying to convey like a disservice if i'm not just like completely honest about what happened because mm-hmm. i think like people can't learn from it if i'm like not giving the whole truth yep and I obviously it's it's completely up to you always, but I agree with that. It's kind of like if we really want to, you know, teach women this, like we have to be explicit and clear about what we're talking about, you know? Totally. So this high protocol. So you would just be waiting for him in lingerie. For how long would you wait for him? So like I had to be outside of his door on like my hands and knees for like a few minutes and then okay. he would come and get me. And like collar made, like which basically like he had like a collar ceremony too. So I had like a collar and would like walk me in on like a leash. Mm-hmm. Like this was all like weird for me, Sophia. Honestly, like this yeah. was not my norm. Like this was way out of my comfort zone. And yeah. I was just like literally doing it to please him. Like to be completely honest, like I didn't yeah. enjoy being colored and walking in on my hands and knees. But like yeah. I just wanted to like satisfy him and make him happy. And that's like one of my love languages is like acts of service. I just like right. always want to be like doing things to like please him. But like, yeah, so I'd show up and like I had to be right on time, like very, very strict. And especially okay. in that setting, I had to be calling daddy or sir. I would get like punished. Like, you know, there's a lot like, yeah, that's like a very typical high protocol night. Right. I mean, I've I've actually 
done and this was like completely consensually which it sounds like it was for you too at this point i've had a guy walk me around on a leash too um he was kind of into that and i thought it was fun i mean is it necessarily my thing like did it turn me on no but it was like a fun thing i'm the same as you is like try everything once totally so totally right so that was kind of one of the instances and then um when did like the did he have a rape fantasy or rape fetish type thing yes for sure he was really into the idea of like him breaking into my apartment and like tying me up and me having no say Mm. he would say things like i want to like take things in your apartment and like fuck you with them and like shit like that okay yeah honestly the more research i've done and this is like a very important part of like this journey for me is like researching everything yeah. and getting the information and then this is actually like much rape fantasies are much more common beyond than people think but like this is where i kind of come into an issue and like this is where like hindsight is twenty twenty. i yeah. agreed to a lot of things and i like participated in a lot of things and i didn't say no to a lot of things i didn't necessarily say yes to everything but like i didn't say no Mm-hmm. any man who's fantasizing about raping crushing a woman's bones biting a piece of their flesh like eating their ribs or like <sighs> fucking a female's like limp body is like dangerous right. is, it, is it like a danger to all women 100 percent. yeah i think the rape fantasy thing even women fantasize about that too but you just added this whole other layer crushing the bones what did you say before that eating flesh eating flesh like biting a chunk out of your skin like just basically like consuming like in like right so this is where for me it the bdsm is a little bit it's it's obviously still there that's the predominant thing but then he had this whole other layer to him which is cannibalism yes which sounds crazy to say but yeah it is and like he asked me like i've talked about this like this is not new news but like he asked me to remove mm-hmm. my ribs and like to eat them can you tell them. us about that like he wanted you like how did he even say that to you he would be like <laughs> i want to find a doctor in la like a like a concierge doctor or someone who will do it because there's like he was like oh there's definitely someone who will do it um to remove the ribs that i don't need like my bottom ones and like he he has a smoker at his house to like smoke them and eat them and he said that to you like honestly point blank multiple times and did you think he was kidding at first or what the fuck yeah i'm like so self-deprecating and like i have dark humor so i'm like like, what do you want to make it into like a necklace but then like i realized it wasn't a joke I don't know. I just like put it in a box and like shoved it away. Like I just did not think anything twice about it because I liked him so much. But when mm-hmm. all of the DMs first came out, which like I have to give a big shout out to like the first girl who came out. I don't know her full name, but like it's House of Effie on Instagram. And like she basically started this whole movement. I've seen that. Yeah. And like basically him saying I'm 100% a cannibal, like all of these things, everything just started clicking for me where I was like, oh my god like he asked to like bite off pieces of my skin like he asked like to eat my ribs and like i knew that was fucking weird but like right i never thought of it as like a predator who's like a cannibal who could like you know i I knew right but like i also felt like scared like i wasn't gonna come out and expose like army hammer like ruin his career like he has two children no that makes complete and total sense yeah but like it like took other people coming out for me to be like this is the right thing and like if you don't come out then there will be other victims to this right yeah it's it's crazy and that's something that 
I fucking bothers me so much with these types of things. Um, when one woman comes out and then other women follow and people try to say, oh, well, why are you coming out now? Why didn't you come out earlier? Like all of these things. And it's like, because it's terrifying and I needed to know. Yeah. And I needed, you know, this one woman showed me the strength and the courage and I wanted to support her also. And, and also it's like feeling like you have support is so huge. Like feeling like you have people who have your back, like Mm-hmm. It takes a lot of courage to like start a movement like that, especially a lot in the public eye. And also I have had like a little bit of a messy past with my relationship. So I never felt comfortable. I always felt like people were going to look at like the worst of the situation. And like, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, it's tough. Like no one actually knows me. Right. Also like in my future relationships, like, you know, we, we can talk about this. Like he carved like an A into me and like, that's going to haunt me. For, like, into your skin. Into my skin. So like, with, And how did he do that? With a knife, which is something we can talk about. Like, he was really into knife play. And it basically, like, mm. he took it, like, really far one night. And, like, I was tied up and, like, did that. But, like, that's... I mean, this is gonna... That's scary. Haunt to me for a long time. And, like, mm-hmm. it's worth it to me to, like, to make this into a positive thing. And to make this into, like, a sex education thing. And for people to, like, learn from my story and protect other women. But yep. it's not, like, an easy thing to come out and just, like, exploit yourself like that. In that sexual, <laughs> like, really intimate way. So, yeah. People, right. Yeah, it's tough. And also, it's really triggering for a lot of people when other people make fun of people for coming out. Like, it's just like a yes. sad situation when people do that. It really, really is. And I just have to applaud you because that takes so much courage and so much strength to do that. I mean, beyond. So let's talk about knife play then for a second. Yeah. So how does that work? Like, I, I that's one thing I really have never played around with before. Right. So he's really into knives. Like a lot of guys like collect knives or if you're into meat and hunting and like all of that, like I feel like it kind of goes hand in hand a little mm. bit. And he was into the meat stuff. Yeah. Super into like meat, bones, like veins, blood, like all of it. Super into it. Wow. Um, almost okay. like he was like demonic. And I'm not like, I don't know, like I'm not like a spook like that, but like. Uh, I mean, just from this, the couple things you just said, it's like that. He sounds like a monster. Yeah. Yeah. So he was into knife play, which made me like really, really uncomfortable. Like probably mm. the most uncomfortable about out of everything. He would like stick like a knife in the floor, like by my head and like put like the blade <gasps> all over my body. And like one time he was doing that and he was basically like, okay, where am I? Where am I? He said like he was talking to himself. He was like, where am I going to put um, my initials? Oh my god. And then he basically just like scanned over my body and like decided where he was gonna put it and basically like put it right above my vagina as basically branding me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I honestly like don't fully remember that night. Like I honestly blacked you out. You blocked it out. Yeah, like it's really funny how like your brain does that. To protect you. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that happened and that was definitely like the scariest. I bet. Yeah, I don't feel like he knew what he he didn't know he what he was doing like he was just like letting himself go into like this dark place of like right i don't know yeah it was really really scary i i mean i'm just any time that i've done this role play thing and i've had even a guy tie me up even just that can be a little tiny bit scary because you have then 100% given yourself over to their power for sure you know another part of this is like 
emotionally and physically, like you can be just as traumatized by consensual sex, even if you don't know it at the time, like your body doesn't differentiate what's happening to you. So like your brain is like, okay, I'm agreeing to this. Like, it's fine. It's hot. It's fine. Like your body and like the trauma that puts on your body, like it doesn't sometimes correlate. So like trauma from being like tied up and fucked and like consensually raped, like three months later and have that really, really affect you. Oh my God. That is so interesting. And that makes so much sense. It's like, you can be consenting with your words and maybe even your mind, but when your body, you know, when you're waking up with bruises, with pain, with cuts, whatever, it can be a totally different thing. Also, I know that when I'm like in a like sexual space, cause I'm, I'm a very sexual person that like, I will agree and do things that, like I wouldn't necessarily do like in my day to day. Mm-hmm. which is something that like I needed to educate myself on and I needed to learn. And I think that like the best thing you can do for yourself as a woman is learning how to say no and getting like the confidence yep. to feel that way. And I honestly like can be honest with myself and know that like I can like work on that and I can work on that too. Yeah. And I'm, I'm six years older than you. And like, even I can like work on that. It needs to be in the conversation, like the general sex conversation. And it's not, yes, it's not at all um so the you said it earlier this thing with consent um and it's almost like even if you consent to something later on you cannot consent to it anymore right so if you're telling him before this like sex act i consent and then if it starts to scare you you should and you absolutely, you can say, I don't feel comfortable with this anymore. I don't like this. Yeah, I feel yes. uncomfortable and I'm scared. And I think that that's what I didn't do. And like mm-hmm. now I'm dealing with, you know, the aftermath of that. Did he care about your sexual pleasure at all? You having an orgasm at all? Yes, he did. But it wasn't in like the high protocol sense. It was more about pain. And it was Mm. more about him inflicting pain on me. Like he got really turned on when he saw I was in like extreme amounts of pain. Wow. During the sex though, like he did, he did like take care of me and like, me and ate me out and like everything. It wasn't like just completely ravenous. Like he definitely Mm -hmm. was like that, but in the high protocol setting, it's like a completely different space. Like I don't even categorize that as like sex. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. But he did tell me once he was like, making a girl orgasm makes me feel like Superman or something like, mm. cause it, like, which is like a, like a normal guy thing. Like, yeah, totally. Yeah. Like you complete control. Like you're like making this girl feel this way. And it's like your orgasm. He was like, tell me it's my orgasm. Like it's his, like he really wanted right. over all of it. How did you leave off? Like, when did you finally, you know, end things? So I went to Thanksgiving with him with his family. And like, that was one of the, like the most normal things that we had done. And it made me like, it honestly gave me a lot of ease. Cause I was like, okay, this is normal. Like I'm going to Dallas right. and giving this family. His mother is very Christian and very sweet. Um, which is also like another interesting thing. Like really don't want to drag his family into it. But like, I no, know that she talked not. about like how he had like demons and like all these things. So I think they were like kind of not in the dark about like this there's something wrong yeah yeah for sure um so that was like a very like normal thing and it made me really happy like as a traditional person like meeting the family is like a big deal for me and i felt it was like a relief special yeah it was a relief and i was like okay this is like normal like we're, we're normal like kind of trying to convince myself that this was all normal um and then after that he was just like always up to some like weirdo shit like 
telling me like rules of who I couldn't and couldn't see that I didn't, he didn't want any other guys mm-hmm. in my bed, but would be like being weird on Instagram and like just right. Like I also just always felt sick to my stomach. Like I bet I was just like always feeling icky. Like there's no other way for me to describe it than like feeling icky all the fucking time. Like starting to feel mm-hmm. insecure, starting to like doubt myself, have like negative self thoughts, like not feel confident about right. posting videos, not feel confident about posting photos and that's my job like my livelihood is posting and i enjoy that and i just didn't like not only was la tough because i didn't feel like myself but like also this relationship was making me feel like literally i didn't even know who i was like out of body right so i just texted him basically which was like kind of lame of me like i'm never really one to like end things over text like i think a phone call and in person is much more mature and way better but i basically Mm -hmm. like not like scared but i think looking back like i was a little bit but like basically just texted him was like I can't do this. Like, this is really yeah. making me feel sick to my stomach. Um, and he was mm-hmm. like, I mean, he put up like a little bit of a fight and then, then you know, we just like kind of sizzled out. And then uh, he basically like replaced me instantly. Like th- it's it. always another girl. Like it's not hard for him to find another girl. There was a girl right before no. me, like, you know, and, and that's also the part of why I want to like bring this public is because there will be There's a lot of women. 20 other girls in the next two months that come forward. Yeah. Yeah. And once again, Paige, like you really are an incredible, incredible woman to be coming forward today, by the way. I really appreciate that. And thank you for giving me the platform to talk about it. Of course. Like your girls trust you. And like, I just think it's a really important conversation to have with your friends and like, just like talk about it. And like, yeah, there are probably some girls listening who have like been through some shit that they like didn't really want to do. And like, it's right. like not your fault and like it's okay to feel like pain for that and no one fucking talks about these things and we need to like remove that taboo or else like especially young women don't know you know sure. i'm like talk about sex all the time i have no issue with it and these are just never things that i thought i would go through encounter right even you like you're like you've like a you know you talk a lot about sex on your podcast and like yeah this is something and- that's like very new which is like even though right. it's the show, like, it's not in the conversation. Totally. And I had a really toxic relationship. I won't say to ARMY's extent, but, like, I woke up with bruises and there was, you know, a lot of role playing stuff that I didn't love. And that feeling that you brought up that you felt really icky, I remember feeling like that, too, because it wasn't until months, maybe even years later, that I realized how fucked up it was what was happening that it's like fully set in for me like the the like shit that i'm gonna have to like deal with it probably hasn't no right and like it it can take years like it can totally take years but like getting ahead of it is really important it is and knowing that you like knowing that like you might have that you know like trauma later and like being able to Mm -hmm. deal with it appropriately instead of like diving into other vulnerable positions 50 high school senior girls descend on Mobile, Alabama every summer to compete for a massive cash prize. It isn't Survivor. It's one of America's most lucrative scholarship competitions for teen girls. It's been around for seven decades. Now you'll hear what took place behind the scenes. From Pineapple Street Studios and Wondery comes the competition. Host Shima Oliai was Nevada's contestant 20 years ago. Now she is returning as a judge to find out what two weeks with 50 of the country's most ambitious teens can tell us about girlhood in America. What happens when the competitors are thrown into the deep end with the best and the brightest? 
and how does surviving the competition prepare them for everything that comes after. Follow the competition on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of the competition early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Excited about this one, guys. I'm getting in my grown woman bag. I'm entering my wifey era at full speed and no one can stop me because I've been investing in myself and in my kitchen. I used to buy the absolute cheapest cookware I could possibly find and mm-mm. Mm-mm-mm, not the move. The move is high quality, thoughtfully designed, non-toxic, and incredibly cute cookware from, drumroll please, Great Jones. You are welcome. Great Jones cookware is so stunning. You will actually want to cook. It's like getting a new super cute slash hot workout set, you'll be at the gym later that day. No question. My Dutch baby from Great Jones, aka the cutest baby pink Dutch oven in the color taffy, I keep that shit on display. That is when I'm not using it. From Dutch ovens to ceramic dishes to nonstick pans, Great Jones has it all. I got my first skillet, you guys. Like, fuck an engagement ring. I can't wait to actually make all the recipes I have saved but never touched because I was ill-equipped. But now, I'll let y'all know when Sleutsgiving dinner is because I am prepared. So upgrade your kitchen and replace those old rusted hand-me-downs with bold, beautiful, long-lasting pieces from Great Jones. Get started today at greatjones.com and get an extra 15% off your first order with promo code SOFIA. That's greatjones.com, promo code SOFIA. Thank you so much for sharing your story with me, Paige. I want to change directions and I want to get into listener questions and advice. And you're in for a fucking treat because my listeners have been writing in some wild ass shit. Are you ready? Yes. The questions are epic. (laughs) Yes. Okay. First question. Help. What are your tips for shaving down there? No matter what razor I use, what shaving cream or what direction I go, I get really bad razor burn every single time. It's getting in the way of me being able to wear certain bathing suits and feel attractive. Also, what are your thoughts on stretch marks and do you have any tips? I don't feel confident when they're visible. Please help. Okay. I just want to start off by saying I got my bikini line lasered. It's the best decision I've ever fucking made in my life. Um... B, I think the thing with stretch marks and Paige, feel free to like jump in whenever. Yeah, yeah. No, once you go, I I definitely want to chime in. Okay, do it. (laughs) Okay, well, first of all, yes. Like I think getting laser hair removal is a great option because ultimately, even if you're like getting bikini waxes or shaving, you're going to get razor bumps and it's always going to grow back. And if you're spending like $80 on a year, like a Brazilian wax, 
that adds up over time. Wait, that's such a good point. Yeah. So that's what I think about that. But also I use this thing called 10 skin and it's like basically rubbing alcohol and it completely gets rid of razor burn. Really? It's yeah, called it's like, 10 skin? 10 skin. Okay. You will not get razor burn. Like when I have to shave or like I don't have time to get like a wax or like my laser or whatever, I use 10 skin and it's like total. And where do you, there. where can you get it? Like Walmart, Amazon, what? You can get it at Ulta and you can get it on Amazon. Okay. That's fucking amazing. Um, okay. So those are two options right there. I think um, as far as the stretch marks go, every woman has those. Um, but I get it if like she feels super, you know, not confident about them, obviously. There is this treatment. I'm not a doctor. So like if anyone gets this done and like fucked up shit happens, like you can't come for me. You can't come for me. But it's called carboxytherapy. And they literally like inject oxygen into your skin somehow. One of my friends got this done. It helped her stretch marks. I've never seen something work that well. So I like used to lift a lot because I was a skier and like I have still have stretch marks on my ass because like I literally had a fucking dumper. Like I literally had a huge ass like overnight. So like I just spit out my water. <laughs> so like this is my thing because like I, I were like thong bikinis so like and they're still there so my stretch marks are at the point where like they're white so you know when they're like purple first and then they turn white yes i'll often like wear fake tan or something that helps me feel confident with it um but also if you're just like confident as fuck about it and you're like this is my ass and it's hot and like what the fuck ever guys yeah. do not care they don't give a fuck no if you don't make it weird then it's not weird like that's my view on life in general even if you don't feel confident if you're acting confident like it will like manifest itself like i swear to god i completely agree with that and i think stretch marks are similar to cellulite like dudes don't give a fuck like they really at the end of the day don't at all And if they do they can literally fuck off <laughs> thank you okay exactly so that solves that okay next question um, <laughs> dude, this fucking question. Okay. I've been hooking up with this guy. <laughs> Paige and I were talking about this dying. Um, okay. So amazing. <laughs> I've been hooking up with this guy for the past two months. The sex is great and we've gotten pretty comfortable with each other. The only problem is I don't know his fucking name. I met him on Tinder, which moved to Instagram where he has a screen name and I can't find his Tinder account on the app anymore. His Hulu profile says his name is Max. I'm not sure if it's his real name because I tried asking. So what do your friends call you? And he said, Eddie. <laughs> he, he doesn't, he doesn't look like life. No, he doesn't look like either one. How do I find out what his name is without being a total bitch? Okay, this is the funniest shit I've ever read. Snapchat. Right. Okay, well, that's a good point. You should try adding him on everything. What's your snap? Facebook. Give me all platforms. <laughs> yes. Dude, LinkedIn and Facebook, you're not using like a screen name type thing. Like it's your fucking name. So I think that's like the first thing. The second thing, and this is what I always do when I forget someone's name is I'll say, um, I want to put it in my phone or something. How do you spell it? Then I was thinking, like, what if his name is like Mark? <laughs> like, you are so stupid. <laughs> She's like, is it with a C K or with an X? He's like, like hey. Can you spell that for me? <laughs> 
B-A-W-B? He's like, no, bitch. <laughs> no, it's actually boob. <laughs> no, but that's pretty epic. Like, honestly, like, if anything, like, the relationship ends because she asked the name. Like, this is a good story. So whoever, like, whoever wrote this in, like, you have a good story regardless. Dude, it's so fucking funny. Um... Like, I also think another thing she can do is look for pieces of mail or a fucking birthday card in his room or in his house. God, of course. Even his spectrum bill. Like, yes. <laughs> Dude, ask him how much he's paying for utilities and if you can see the bill. What internet service do you use? <laughs> You're like bearing through his mail. <laughs> That's so fucking funny. I mean, I um, also can go into like FBI mode. So I feel like this wouldn't be an issue for me because I literally no. know like they're people's cousins like after i start hooking up with them i'm like on facebook like suddenly we got like a deep dark hole i like know everyone in their family's name so i can't really relate to that but like that's yeah i know i'm the exact same way dude i will stalk for seven hours straight okay moving on um next question Hey, Sophia, with a motherfucking F. Love the new and improved show. This weekend, I was sleeping over at my boyfriend's house. We each had a bottle of wine, and by the end of the night, I was ready to pass out. My phone was charging on his nightstand, and I woke up in the middle of the night, and I'm almost 100% certain I caught him looking through my phone. I remember putting it on the charger, and when I woke up, it was unplugged. He didn't find anything, obviously, but this is not the first time it's happened. I've told him off before because he went through personal conversations with me and my best friend. I haven't said anything yet because I don't know if I should be plotting or what. What do you suggest I do help? I think it's definitely fucking weird. It's definitely weird behavior. I think just sitting down and being honest about it. And if he can't be honest with you, then there's just going to be toxic shit in in the relationship. Like I always say, if your relationship starts with a lie, that's like setting a precedent for the whole relationship. I completely agree. I also think that he really should not be looking through the phone unless she's done something to make him think that she's up to some shit. Until proving guilty, like just don't. Yeah. Giving people the benefit of the doubt is super important. It is. I mean, I had a like guy that I dated and he looked through my phone within the first month or two of dating and it freaked me out. It was weird to me. It's just like icky. Like it's just insecure behavior that will lead to other things. Mm -hmm. Like the insecure ones are the ones that cheat. Like the guys who are confident and are not looking through your phone are the ones who are loyal to you. I totally agree with that. Yeah, just keep an eye on it. I mean, also, I'm the type of person that it doesn't matter how fucked up I am and how drunk I am. My phone, I will fall asleep with it in my bra. In you're my locking it. <laughs> no, I literally in your do. Lockbox. <laughs> I will wake up with an imprint of my cell phone on my stomach because I was like, no fucking way is someone gonna have access to this. <laughs> yeah. Credit card it. Probably between your butt cheeks. It's probably <laughs> honestly because you've had these fucking whack dudes go through your shit like i know we're all just traumatized we're all here yeah traumatized girl i would absolutely bring it up to him and let him know like it's not cool for sure um okay last question hey soph i have been in a friends with benefits situation for a few years now long story short we live in different states neither one of us are looking for a long distance relationship but we see each other pretty regularly last week i went to visit him and asked to be tied up 
We had talked about this previously. Turns out he's into some BDSM shit. The sex was so hot and I loved it, but I'm new to all of this. Our comfort level is insane and I want to explore it a little bit more, but I'm not sure how to navigate this situation. Do you have any advice for a beginner sub? LOL. Sub meaning submissive. Right. Um, I know we need to have a conversation about boundaries and whatnot, but is there anything else you think I should keep in mind before jumping in? Love you. Okay. Super cool that she is like trying to acquire knowledge about Mm -hmm. this before she gets into it because that's something that I didn't do. So like props to her for even like asking the question and like taking a step and being like, is this really what I want to do? So I think that, and I think that what can be confusing to people, especially about my story and me coming out with this is like, personally, I am more submissive naturally in bed. I, mm-hmm. I like, like, I'm very adventurous. Like I like, I can, it's some of it's really hot and really fun. It can change and get dangerous really fast. Yeah. I think that as long as he's a good dom and like, he's taking care of you and you feel safe and he's not being like just weird behavior. Mm-hmm. I mean, my situation is so extreme and like how extreme army took it. Not just because like, I mean, there are probably so many men who did it just because he's an actor, like whatever. There are other guys that do Right. That. Yeah. I I make sure he's being like responsible. Yeah. I will say, I think that if you are leaving the sexual experience and something doesn't sit right with you or something feels off, I think that could absolutely be a red flag because I dated a guy and we tried a lot of shit and BDSM shit. And for the most part, I you know, would leave this sexual experience and I'd be like, oh, I loved that. That was so fun. But there were moments, especially towards the end, where I did not like how it made me feel. And I remember there were moments where I was genuinely scared during it. When you're feeling genuinely scared, I think that is a red flag. 100%. And I think that BDSM is tricky that way. And especially as women, um, like we want to be down, like we want to be, you know, down for whatever. And mm-hmm. just make sure going into it that you are confident enough and your self-esteem is high enough where when it gets weird, you can be like, absolutely fucking not. Because I can yep. say personally, I was not like my self-esteem was not high enough. I was really vulnerable. And I honestly did not say no, even when it got really fucking weird. Thank you. That's really smart is um, if you're going to try these things, make sure that you are in a headspace and you are confident enough to say no. That's a huge one. Great point. Um, Okay. Thank you so much, Paige. This was so much fucking fun. So fun. We gave these people really great advice and I want to have you on again. So you'll absolutely be coming back. You guys need to follow her on Instagram at Paige Lorenz. I'm going to tag you. Your YouTube, I fucking love that as well. And I love you watch my YouTube. I'm like, I, I watch it. I'm like, I don't think anyone watches. So like, please. Oh, I wa- you were in the car with your mom going to Starbucks. And I was like, wait, I love this shit. Hand. Wait, Sophia, you need to start a YouTube. Like when you move to New York, we're going full fucking. Bri- we're every, doing a full We're vlogging every day. <laughs> We really are. And Paige, I would love to have you back on so we can talk about, you know, other things too. Yeah. Okay, Paige, thank you so much. Okay, love you so. Love you. Bye.